Before I begin today's episode, I want to let you know this is one that you will want to listen to on your own. It is not one to listen to with little ears in earshot. So save this for a time that you can be on your own or put in some ear pods to be able to enjoy this episode. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Proverbs 31, 8 through 9 says, Open your mouth for the speechless in the case of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Hi, I'm so glad to be here with you today. Usually, my conversations start off with me introducing a guest, and I always look forward to whoever that friend is that I have to be with us for the week. But this week is going to be a little bit different that with everything going on in our nation this week and even this whole month of June, everything that's been going on, I have some things that I think are so important that need to be talked about with moms and need to be a conversation that we as believers are having with each other as believing women that I am mixing it up today. And I am going to just be here with you on my own. And you are going to get to hear my heart today. And I pray that it's going to be an encouragement to you and also going to empower you as you finish up this month of June strongly leading your children and being a voice leading the other women around you that God has put in your life as well. So as we're talking today, I want to encourage you first in this truth that gives me so much hope during times where there's so much turmoil going on and so much difficulty right now that we're facing in our nation with our children and all that's going on. And the truth that I come back to is that God could have placed you as a mother at any time and place in all of history. And he chose this place in this moment with your children, because this is where he is going to use you. So as God is going to use us at this time, it gives me so much hope when things sometimes feel like they're too great for me to even be addressing with my children well, or being prepared to live strongly as a godly woman in our culture right now with all that's going on. The first thing we have to do is we have to be grounded in scripture. And I know it almost seems silly to even say first and foremost, because I think we all know that. But are we actually living that way? Are you actually living your life where you are starting with the foundation of scripture in your day and you are choosing voices, whether it be in your church or from other sources, podcasts, books that are truth, that are giving you bold, solid, biblical teaching, because we have to have that if we think that we're going to be able to parent well at this time and not be grounded in scripture, we're wrong. So I challenge you first to really look at your life. Where am I being filled with scripture? Am I prioritizing this in my daily life from the very start of my day throughout my day? And am I also guarding against false teaching? 
there's a lot of stuff out there with flowery images or it sounds really good, but maybe, you know, in your heart, maybe the Holy spirit is stirring in you to know this is not truth. I need to check this against scripture. Maybe this person sounds good, but is what they're saying actually spiritually solid? Is it grounded biblical teaching and truth that they're giving? And really check into it for yourself. Don't take that nudging from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in our hearts and at work in you to guide you. And if you feel that pull to question something, do not take that lightly. Take that very seriously. And even if it's a woman or a a man, a pastor who has spoken truth for a long time, people are not infallible. Only God's word is. And people who taught truth for a very long time may have turned off in a different direction. So we have to be guarded against false teaching. First and foremost, as mothers, we'll talk about us being women in general in just a little bit, but first and foremost, as mothers, it is our responsibility to prepare our children for the world that he has called them to be disciples in. And that does give me so much hope when I think about that God could have put them anywhere at any time in all of history and all of the world. And he chose for your children to be born into your home right now. Because this is where he's going to use them best. And he chose you to be their first voice. From the very beginning, you've been speaking into them. And this is nothing new. You have been training their biblical worldview from the time that they were born. And you spoke into them and said, you are so precious. You are such a gift from God. I praise God for you. All the way to the bedtimes that you're doing with your olders, whether they're preteens or teens, whatever you're speaking into them. All of those words are training truth into them. So don't be quick to be scared by this. Um, Sometimes some of these bigger issues, I think, can cause us to get anxious or feel like, oh, am I going to be able to know the right things to say? Am I going to be able to prepare them well enough? God knew that you would, and he will equip you. We'll talk more about that in a bit, but he chose you. He could have chosen someone else. He didn't choose them. He chose you to be their teacher and to train them alongside your husband, but specifically speaking to moms today. If they do not hear teaching from us on these difficult topics, we're talking about abortion. We're talking about all of the agendas that have just been literally a flag being flown of agendas throughout the month of June. If they don't hear truth from us, they will hear it from someone else and it won't be accidental. It's coming at them so very intentionally. And we get to choose what voices speak into them. It's a wonderful calling and a wonderful responsibility. And to this, I say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I get to be the one to choose who is speaking into my children and get to be the one to train them. You've called me to train them. But I also say this is slightly terrifying because I take this so very seriously. So if it doesn't seem a little bit, ah, maybe I don't want to say scary because it shouldn't be scary, but if it doesn't seem serious to you, if you don't take these issues as seriously as you take the diet of the food that they're getting or the kind of athletic training that they're getting or the academic foundation that they're getting. 
if we are not taking as Christian moms the seriousness of the biblical foundation of truth regarding everything, but specifically the current issues that God has put in front of us in the world that we're in right now, if we are not taking those seriously, then we are missing an opportunity to be training our children for the world that God has called them to go into. And remembering in that, that we are not raising children. We are raising the next generation of disciples. And when I take child rearing from that perspective, it causes my priorities to shift. As I'm looking into the next school year ahead, you know, that's the end of June right now, maybe very beginning of July as you're listening to this, we've got about a month or two to finish finalizing. What are our plans for next year? How are our children going to be educated? Are we making choices that are going to be primarily raising them for discipleship? Or do we, did we get our priorities mixed up somewhere along the way? And are we prioritizing other things over the discipleship training of our children? Because if so, this is the perfect time to reevaluate that and make sure that we're actually putting our priorities where they should be. Proverbs 22, six makes it so clear. I know we all know this verse, but I speak it again to remind myself as I remind you, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. This training is not something that happens overnight. This is something that's going to be a long time conversation that we're going to be having with our children. This isn't just a talk. This is a life that we live with them. We're going to create rhythms of training into our lives so that our children have a foundation of truth about who God is that's going to prepare them for the world that they're going to be discipling and serving him in, which is really amazing to think about the trust that God has put in our children. When we realize that God is trusting them with a high calling to serve him in this upcoming world what this world actually looks like that they're going to be growing into. Sometimes I am encouraged by this thought when I run into challenges with children who tend to be more strong-willed or maybe who tend to question the one who wants to say why and why and then why again. And you kind of think, oh my goodness, have we not been over this enough times? If you don't have one of those, ask a friend. I promise you, you have a friend who do, and she will love to talk with you about it because she probably needs the encouragement. Uh, or the strong-willed child, the one who lives with such strong convictions in the things that they believe and what they think is right or what they think is wrong. And sometimes being the parent in that is hard, but realizing God chose that child for this time because they are going to need that will. They are going to need that conviction that they live by. And that is going to be the foundation of what prepares them for the future that God has called them to disciple in and to serve in. And he is going to use that. So let's not squelch that. I want us to be a generation of moms who do better than the rest of culture does. The rest of culture, I believe, accepts a lot of this as normal or as secondary to other things. And we do not want to be moms who put these as secondary issues. We want these to be primary as we are raising children with a biblical worldview. So one thing we have to realize in this is that it is not the church's job to train our children in these areas. It is our job. If you think for one minute that you can send your children 
somewhere for, I don't know, maybe we're talking you go weekly, maybe it's even two hours a week, three hours a week, and that they can lay this foundation for your children's biblical worldview by that amount of teaching with those children, with the activities going on. It's not realistic. It absolutely is our job. God's word. Again, we go back to the very first thought. We have to be grounded in scripture. God's word is so clear that children were given to parents to raise. There's that passage in Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. It says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. This is so important that this is a conversation that we're going to be having as a training of culture in our home over and over again. So the first responsibility we have in this area of doing better as believers than what is accepted as normal in our culture is to do first to be responsible with our children and to take this very seriously. We have to protect our children from the lies. They are coming at them from every area. I was just reading this last week about a a curriculum that has been developed and a Christian mom actually was sharing about it and then came back and said, I'm so sorry, I will not be using this because another mom tenderly shared with her what was actually in this curriculum, which praise God for that mom. This is what I'm talking about. These are the kind of moms we want to be, the ones who redirect friends and other women towards truth so that we can live in it together with our children. Um, but in this you know, language curriculum, they specifically have developed a few different characters who are quietly behind the scenes LGBTQ characters. And they have storylines behind each of these characters. And they even said, we are not going to make them openly seem different, but we are going to casually introduce their lifestyle so that children will be able to have this be normalized in their world. They're coming after your children and we have to be on guard to protect them from the lies. By now, we all know that they're getting it from Disney. They're getting it from movies that are coming out. They're getting it from books. If you think that we can just send our children to a Scholastic book fair and that they're getting good stuff, they're not. Go on Scholastic's website and look up transgender. They have a whole section of books. I think there are six in there right now for various ages and for little ones with picture books all the way up to the junior novels geared towards children 12 to 18 years old to introduce in a relaxed way this normalization of this different lifestyle. Uh, It's all over the place. And so how do we protect them from these lies? Well, the first thing that we have to do is start with the truth as soon as possible. So we teach them truth. So what does that actually look like? Let's talk abortion first, because that's been so prevalent in conversations this week and sadly is going to be a term that our young children should never even hear when we think about the horrificness of what actually goes on in an abortion, but it is going to be something that they're going to hear. So how are we going to be addressing this with our different ages? Let's talk about that first. We start with truth. When our children are very young, this is all age appropriate, right? You have to know your children, which again goes back to Deuteronomy, right? About being with them because we don't know them if we're not intentionally with them. So we intentionally be with our children and we know them and we know their heart 
and we know what is age appropriate for them and their heart where they are in life. So with abortion, my sweet three and a half year old asked me just today. She heard, she heard the word because it came up in church as we were listening to church. Um, this week we had to stay home and listen online because, um, we had too many green snotty noses. So you're welcome. All of you who I would have been in church with that. I kept my green snotty noses at home. Um, but she heard this word and asked what is abortion and, or what does abortion mean? That's what she said. And I, and so I told her, Oh, that's not something you need to worry about. We'll worry about it later. Let's go play with little people. And I took her back to the room where she had been playing before anyway. Um, and it was fine. We moved on with things and that was age appropriate for her. I don't believe that who she is in her three and a half year old life right now that she needs anything more on that topic. My 12 year old, on the other hand, was sitting right beside me listening to the entire message because he is ready. And he knows, and he knows because there were times that we drove by abortion clinics and he would ask, what is that place? And when they ask those questions, it's opening a door to a conversation that when the time of their heart and the time for their age is right, it is God giving you an opportunity to be that voice to speak truth to them. So how do I speak that to him in that place? I don't ever come from a place of hatred, which I think is what the world would want you to believe is that Christians are speaking hate into all of the, all the people or hate even for anything going on there, but a place of deep sadness, because I want my children to understand first the deep sadness of sin. So I would say something like, oh, it is such a sad thing that in this place, someone who has a baby growing in their tummy who didn't want to, or it wasn't their plan, or it wasn't a convenient time for them. It wasn't a good time for their life. They will go there and they'll have a surgery that takes the baby out of their tummy and the baby needs to be in there to live and the baby dies. And that's it. And if there's follow-up questions, we have follow-up conversations age appropriately again. So you have to know your children and know the world that they're in. It is sad because I wish that this wasn't a conversation until my children were 16, 17, 18 years old, but it is, this is where we are. So we have an age appropriate conversation about what goes on there. Uh, maybe it's because they see a ministry at church. Gosh, I hope that's why. I hope that in every church across America, that that is why children are asking these questions. Why does our church have ministries that help moms with babies? Because you didn't need help like that with our baby. And maybe you get to explain to them how churches get to have the opportunity to serve moms because we love life and life begins when babies grow inside mom's tummies and some moms need help. And so our church is able to help moms in these ways. And we can give tangible, specific ways that, I, that the churches across America are serving moms who need support with their babies. So this is just a basic point of where I would start this conversation with my children. You know, maybe there comes a point, I don't have kids who are teenagers yet, but maybe there comes a time as this conversation continues. Because remember, it's a conversation. None of these are one-time talks. I think that's one of the problems that sometimes we have in these more difficult topics, whether it's sex or abortion or anything that's difficult. All of these LGBTQ issues, they are sensitive. 
and they're difficult to talk about. So sometimes I think that we think we've already talked about this. We checked it off our list and we can move on with the other important things that are important, like academics and maybe their athletic training or whatever it is. Those things do matter, but these are conversations. We talk about them when we sit at home, when we walk along the road, when we lie down, when we get up. Those are daily things. Those are not one-time activities. So maybe at some point this abortion conversation includes showing a video of what abortion actually is. What if every child had that before going into college? I shouldn't say child. Once they're a teenager, they're not in that early childhood. So I'm not talking about children here. Be very clear with that. But when they're older, what if they had that foundation to truly have an understanding Let's go on to another topic. Let's talk about, um, oh, before I do, one other resource for you. Um, If you do have a child who's a little older and you want to open up this topic about abortion, there's an Adventures in Odyssey episode called Pamela Has a Problem. And it is not for young children. I have listened to it with my nine-year-old and 12-year-old, but opening up topics of unplanned pregnancies. So if you haven't talked in detail about sex, that's going to come up too. But if they're nine and 12 and you haven't, that probably needs to happen also. So maybe that's a good door for that conversation. Um, it addresses some very real issues, but from a very biblical worldview, it's going to lay a solid foundation of truth and you can listen to it with them and then talk with them about it. And so, yes, Adventures and Odyssey, you can find that from Focus on the Family. And the episode is called Pamela Has a Problem. Hey, let's talk also about starting with truth in some of these other areas that have been just flown all in our faces all of June. So if you have not addressed these things with your children, you can start when they're little with the truth of the rainbow. And so then when they're seeing it, you're reminding them, oh, remember, what does the rainbow mean? Reclaim that truth. Claim it as truth first. Then when it's age appropriate, you would you address with your children. Why is this all over the place right now? Well, have you noticed this? And if you haven't talked with your children about it and you have older kids and you've just been going about the month, I'll talk with you in just a minute of some ways that you can actually use what's been just plastered all over the place as a celebration of sin to direct them to truth and also to address the sin. But we start at an early age with the truth of marriage and the truth of God's design. God made men and God made women and God's plan is good. And God created marriage for men and for women. Let's look at Adam and Eve. How did he design them? He designed Adam as a man and Eve as a woman. And then they got to be married and he gave them the instruction to be fruitful and multiply. What does that mean? That means to make babies. And they did. And it was God's gift and children are God's gift. Did you see that God said it was very good? Why did God say it was very good? Do you see how this training in truth from the very beginning is laying a biblical foundation for all of the teaching that comes from that? So then when you do meet someone who is transgender and your children ask, why does that person who we know was a man now dress like a woman And why did they change their name? And why are they talking like that now? Because this has happened in our family. This happened in our home. When we're driving, again, we talk about these things when we walk along the road, except we don't walk, we drive along the road. And at a drive-thru, a person who had been serving us for a long time, then all of a sudden was a different person. And so a child asked, why? What happened? And so we address it from love and say, Oh, this is so sad. 
that this person who, you know, we had been seeing for so long must not know that Jesus had a plan for them the way that Jesus, God made them. And so they have chosen instead to start living this way. But is that how God made them? Like, no. And God had a good plan for how he made them. And that's so sad that they don't understand that. And the first question that this child had, or it wasn't even a question, just thought was, that is so sad. They must not understand God's plans for them. We should pray for them. So there's nothing of hate in here. There's nothing of anything hateful towards a person. It's just, again, bringing it back to the biblical worldview that we've already been laying for them and biblical truth. So first, this is with our children. And this makes me think a little bit about this story of Corey Ten Boom and her father, that they were traveling together and uh, Corey wanted, had a question for her dad that she asked. I believe it was about sex. And her father said, um, use the suitcases that they were carrying as an example for her and asked her, what if I had you carry this bag, Corey, what would you say? And she said, it's too heavy. I said, yes, said her father. It would be a pretty poor father who would ask his little girl to carry such a load. It's the same way, Corey, with knowledge. Some knowledge is too heavy for children. When you are older and stronger, you can bear it. For now, you must trust me to carry it for you. And that's where the discernment of the Holy Spirit comes in for us, because we don't want to give our children things that are too heavy to carry, but we also have to speak truth and have to be willing to address the lies, because if we don't, the world is looking. I think about that passage about Satan being like a roaring lion, seeking those to devour. And if we don't see that today, then our eyes are closed. Uh, The second place that we have opportunities to do better as Christian women is with those around us, that there is going to be a division in churches, I believe. And I think that there was a lot of area in the Christian church. And I say that with quotes, the Christian church, that there was a lot of gray for a long time of areas that we could, you know, be neutral on, you know, oh, you can believe this way. I can believe that way. And we can still be friends and we can be. Um, we can be in community together still. We can be in agreement and in close relationships still, even if we agree differently on these things. You know what? The world is going so crazy that there is not the gray area that there used to be. And I see this going on so strongly within the church. I believe there's going to be division, um, but I don't necessarily think it's a bad division. Because I think about the passage in Revelation talking about the church that's lukewarm, that is going to be spit out. God forbid that we be in a lukewarm place, that we be a lukewarm home, that we be lukewarm women. And I would pray that God will convict us where we are lukewarm and make it clear where we need to be grounded once again in biblical truth. Uh, I remember praying before COVID that God would give me wisdom and how to see ways that we need to live as light in a dark world. And now that we've had this turn in our culture, it is so clear 
where we are living as light in a dark world. And I pray God will just make that light even brighter as the darkness looks even darker. And again, there's so much hope for that, that God chose us for this time. He didn't choose us for the time where light was dim. He chose us for time when the world is dark. So we get to live as lights. What a privilege it is that God has called us to live at this time to serve as bright lights. And let's talk about the church. I want our church to have our church meeting the church, not just my church. I want the church to be known for being so pro-life that we serve women strongly and that women no longer have to turn to the state for help when they're in trouble, that they know that they can go to a sanctuary, not meaning a sanctuary of a you know, a chapel, but a sanctuary of a safe place. That that's what sanctuary is supposed to mean. May women know that our churches are sanctuaries for them to have help in their time of need. That I know there are women who need support and who need help. And I want for my children and for the women in my church to know that this is the place that we can send people to. Come to my church. We will help you. May the church always be the best place for women so that they not only get help in their time of need, but they get help in Jesus name. And so if your church does not have a strong voice for supporting women when they are in need and helping them when they're in a time of need, I would encourage you to ask your church, can we speak up now? Can we create a ministry to support women at this time, or at least support another organization that already exists? There are so many crisis pregnancy centers and women's um, different pregnancy centers and support organizations that exist already. Partner with one of those. Uh, I know it's not realistic to think that every church is going to be able to create an entire ministry overnight to support women. But let's let's be churches that partner with the organizations that already exist and can support them and direct people towards them and help them not in the name of the state, not in the name of America, but in the name of Jesus. I believe that we have been called for such a time as this. And as we have been called for this time, we have to use the opportunities that God puts in front of us at this time. Because he has chosen these people in this place and this time for us. So again, with that, we look at where we are with our children. Because the places that we're going with them, the people we see, the activities we're part of, are going to result in questions. And questions in beautiful ways, too. When you have a friend who's pregnant, use those opportunities. Or maybe you're pregnant. Use those opportunities for your friend's children to feel that baby moving inside of you. Or if you have a friend who is pregnant, ask her, can my children feel your baby moving? Because there's such an eye-opening understanding of life when children actually get to feel it or see ultrasounds happening. Bring your children along in that with you. Um, Spend time in nature. I've talked about time in nature so many times on my podcast, but I go back to it again. We see the truth of life in nature. There's that passage in Romans 1, 19 through 20 that says that God's invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. And he does make himself known in nature. Spend time in nature because nature does, won't, can't survive in the lies that our culture is trying to create of things that are acceptable and things that are good, calling evil good, right? Nature doesn't do that. So spend time in nature and talk about it and ask When your children ask questions, 
answer them. Maybe it needs to be, we'll talk about it in just a little bit. Let's do it just one-on-one later, especially if you have younger children around and it's not age appropriate, but don't shy away from their questions and don't ever shame them for their questions. God may have given them that question so that you have a chance to speak truth into them. And especially if it's a question that you think, I don't know, in that moment, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you because the Holy Spirit will lead you, whether it's in conversations with friends or conversations with your children, the Holy Spirit will guide you. And if they're not asking you questions, present opportunities for questions with your children specifically. And, you know, I've been thinking we've never talked about whatever the topic is. Or maybe you bring it up to your child saying, you know, now that you are 13 years old, there are some things we should talk about to help prepare you for being a young adult. That's so exciting. Um, Maybe you even need to start with an apology because you've shied away from something, or maybe you've realized that you have accepted a lie of culture and allowed it to become gray when it's something that's black and white. And maybe it needs to start with an apology. You know, I'm so sorry that we have never talked about this. And maybe you give them a why you haven't talked about it, or maybe you don't, and you just apologize. And then you begin presenting them with truth. Again, this is not a one-time talk. We want to be families where we have a culture of training taking place in our home. With that, I challenge you to think about what difficult topics you're going to talk with your children and your friends about. If you have friends who are Christian women that you've shied away from these topics with for some reason, think about how you're going to have these conversations um, with them or with your children. Maybe there's ones you've shied away with, um, but we can't. We cannot live as women who avoid things out of comfort. We are called to live by biblical truth, even when it's difficult. Um, And talk with your husband about these things. Ask him, hey, how do you think we could go about these conversations? Maybe you ask him to join you in these conversations. Uh, You can also ask him to help you schedule it and to help hold you accountable for these conversations. And in the difficulty of all of these, I want to leave you with a passage of scripture. I was reading John 16, 13 through 14, and it fills me with such hope. John 16, 13 through 14 says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. You are not alone in this friend. You have the Holy Spirit at work in you. And again, I leave you with this encouragement that God could have placed you as a mother and a friend At any time and place in all of history, he chose this place and this moment with your children because this is where he is going to use you. God bless you. Look forward to being with you again next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends.